Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it. So wait. No, this episode, what are we doing this episode? Scott Pilgrim. This one's oh, Scott, we're doing Pil- Scott yeah, Pilgrim. We were going to do it last week, but it oh, came out, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, the, the remake on the Switch, which I'm super amped about. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Um, yeah, all the iconic bars and stuff like that. Um, I remember when I watched Scott Pilgrim, I didn't actually live in Toronto. I lived just outside. And right. I, so I, I heard about all the places and I kind of knew them. But when I moved downtown, that's when I'd be walking by somewhere. And I'd be like, oh my God, it's Lee's Palace. Look at that place. <laughs> it's like if you moved to New York and you're like, the Statue of Liberty is a real thing? They didn't put that up there for the movies? And welcome to the Retrograde the Podcast, where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Bascom. And I am Mikey Leo Malley <laughs> Aaronworth. Oh, it's just set up for you perfectly there, Yeah, a little eh? bit. A little oh bit. Oh my God. I, I guess I could have said Mikey O'Malley. Mikey O'Malley. Isn't your maiden name or your mom's maiden name? <laughs> my middle name is my mom's maiden name, yes. O'Malley? Malally. Malally. Yeah, M-U- like, like Megan Malally from Will and Grace. It also sounds fake. Malally sounds like a fake name. Well, yeah, like like whenever like the Irish have a McGillicuddy or something like that. Like, well, that sounds yeah. like an Irish made-up name. It, yeah. it is, though. Do you know my mom grew up... <laughs> this Irish-centric area of Toronto that she grew up in uh, had a family uh, near her named the Irishes. Really? Paul Irish was a friend we were growing up. I'm like, do you think that they just, uh, at like in Halifax and like Pure, whatever, Pure 3 or whatever they call it, was just like they Pure got- Pure 51, I think. Pure 51? Yeah. There we go. Is, uh, which one's the store where you buy baskets? Uh, Pure 8? <laughs> yeah, whatever that I, is. I'm making up numbers at this point. I don't, who I'm cares? Honest. But I just love the idea that they get there and they're like, you are? And they're like, uh, and they're like, Irish, fine, done. Like, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Irish, shut up, get out of here. Well, my, I mean, we talked about this before we started recording. My last name, Aaronworth, yeah. is supposed to be a German word. E-H-R-E-N-W-O-R-T. There's no oh. H, but they added the H to sound British because apparently people coming <laughs> over the border at that point weren't looked too fondly upon if they were German. I don't know. It's something I've Jewish heard. Jewish yeah. German. <laughs> yeah, Jewish German. Yeah. We we had no place in this world. <laughs> You're like, we need to leave. Why? You'll find out. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we've got really exciting news though to off the top. We do? This is the first time we are recording oh. in Retrograde HQ. Can we, or what if we call it the D-pad? The D, <laughs> the D-pad. Yeah. We're recording in the D-pad. It's like a bachelor pad. Yeah. And you know what? Every week we can record in a different D-pad. Yes. Let us know if you want us to record inside you. <laughs> We're doing home and aways all over the world. Uh, yeah. Over the world. Um, it given us an excuse to travel. Uh, but you know, we are recording now in a new studio that yeah. we get to record in. It's fantastic. It feels great. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going to play around with the sound. So if it sounds a little bit different, this episode, bear with us. Uh, we, we've done the best that we could to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's going to sound pretty good. We have some other, uh, things coming in next week. So yeah. by the next week, we're going to sound even more professional. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not. You can't believe it. Even more professional yeah. than we normally do. It's like, I'm going to be sitting on your shoulders. Mikey on one shoulder. I'm on the other one going like, Hey buddy. And just whispering into your ears you know, like that. You know what it sounds like, uh, yeah. for those of you at home, when Andrew sits on your shoulders, and you I mean know everybody. all about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> every, every, everyone in the world. Um, when Andrew uh, uh, sits on your shoulders, mm-hmm. it sounds like this. Oh, come on. Yeah, because you fart. I'm not farty. You're a farty boy. <laughs> I'm a farty boy. Oh, no. Farty McFly. <laughs> Big puffy vest. Yeah, 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 exactly. Invented rock and roll. <laughs> he did invent rock and roll. You know what? Marty McFly actually reminds me a little bit as a character mm. of the protagonist in the game that we're going to be looking at today, which is Scott I, Pilgrim. You know what? That, that is, there is something to that yeah. where he's 
Like Marty McFly is a really good example of like popular, but not popular. Actually, it's like Bart Simpson in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, Where it's yeah, like, yeah. he's not one of the most popular people in the school, but he's a bully, but there's bullies bigger than him. Yes. There is like, you know, like- As Qui-Gon said, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> and then he went to Bonnaroo and was like, no, this is the biggest fish I've ever seen. <laughs> they did a seven hour set. <laughs> I'm so high. Um, his hair and beard work perfectly for- That's for true. He Coachella. Would, he or, fit in yeah. uh, perfectly there. Yeah. A um, big robe. Yeah, but you're right. There was that weird feeling of, of, uh, of, of Scott Pilgrim. And especially, did you read the comics? Yes. In the comics, he's like more of a douchebag. Like yes, I think in yes. the movie, which- I think we're going to intertwine in and out of this entire episode. Kind of hard not to. Kind of hard not to. Uh, they they were obviously released almost simultaneously. Uh, in in the the movie, Michael Sarah kind of plays him as a lovable idiot. Yeah. But in the in the comics, he's like a douchebag. Like mm-hmm. he is not a good person in the no. comics. Uh, which no. I kind of found fun to read because it's like, oh, I don't like anyone. Yeah, it's more of like a redemptive arc. Yeah. You know, to yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know from being a bad person to kind of trying to win it back. Um, which I, which I really like. So obviously we're talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world today. We are. And we're going to talk more and more about that game later on in the episode. And for those of you who are new, first of all, uh, thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the D-pad, D-pads. My name is actually Mikey. Oh. And we're speaking here with Lil Dinky No, come on. I'm big boy Mikey. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, we record sitting in each other's This has continued on way longer than I thought. I thought if I just didn't address it, your goldfish-like memory would just have like... (laughs) After two episodes, been like, yeah, I don't, did I used to do that? Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, Wait, yeah, address yeah. what? Uh, nope, nope, nope. Okay, <laughs> no, no. moving on. <laughs> uh, typically, what we like nice to do drive. this podcast is take a look back at uh, games that we used to play when we were kids. We rate and review them as we remember them, and then we take a break to play the game, sure. play you some of that audio, come back and rate and review the games as they stand up in the modern day mm-hmm. against the likes of modern games. Uh, so that's what we do. But before we get there, yeah. we just like to take a, a quick right turn for anyone who came here for the game. <laughs> quick right down. turn. And obviously, when we turn right, we turn to the Capitol. So, we, uh, yeah. We do. Yeah, yeah. How was your trip to Washington? Was it okay? Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, as soon as I got into the state Capitol, yeah. I was swiftly led right out. Apparently, that was a big no-no. <laughs> I suppose you're not allowed to go there. I was just trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Oh, Nick Cage style. Nick Cage style, oh, yeah. My God. And then they put me in a cage. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's fitting, actually. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be free range. <laughs> yes, they organic food. They were listening to me. Yeah, no, I'm a Viking. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, obviously we we have so much to talk about that is not uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I didn't I didn't prepare anything. Was I supposed to prepare something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh shit! This <laughs> is. Am I wearing pants right now? Because this feels like a bad dream. What's going on? I was just gonna say it's like your nightmare school nightmare. Uh there's a test today. I didn't have anything prepared. Andrew, the only nightmares I have about school are me getting a 97 instead of a 98. Oh boy. Degrees. Oh, with Nick Lachey. yeah. Of course. I bought a 97 degrees album. What is this? <laughs> Where are the Lachey brothers? I spent all my, uh, <laughs> what's that thing that parents get? Allowance. <laughs> what's that thing that parents give? Spankings. Oh my God. <laughs> I got 97. Unwanted love. Um, um, Andrew, one thing that I'm desperate to talk about. Okay. Um, so, so heads up. I did come prepared. Is that uh, you, you tricked me. You have been starting to play a game that I've been unable to avoid talking about for the past oh, three or four weeks. Yeah. And it's Death Stranding. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, you bought the game from our friends over at AMC Games. Yes. Uh, sponsors of this podcast. Shout out. We'll get uh, more on that later. Hang tight. Uh, so far, all we're doing to new <laughs> listeners, hang tight. Andrew and I got some shit together. This the part way. doesn't matter. Wait till it matters. <laughs> Everyone just relax. This part is like the scores and whose line is it anyway. <laughs> The, the points, they don't matter. <laughs> the points, they yeah. don't matter. This is all exposition. It'll pay off later. Exactly. Don't worry. Uh, so you picked it up 
Yeah. And you, I'm assuming, unwrapped it. I did unwrap it. Yeah, it was did, wrapped. Did you put it into your PlayStation 4? I did, and then it took three hours. Wait, what? With updates and everything. Oh, shit. It took fucking forever. Wow. So I went, well, I'm not playing this tonight, and then uh, went to bed. Oh, okay. I woke up the next day. How'd you sleep? Did you dream about high school? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm naked. <laughs> um, uh, Those are my it, good dreams when I dream about you being naked. Because <laughs> that was, of course, my worst memory where I showed up to school naked one time, and yeah. then it keeps reminding me of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I've been playing it. I, I'm about seven hours in. I'm in chapter three. Just started chapter three. Okay, and for those for those people who aren't as familiar with Death Stranding, yeah, that's typically yeah. they say that the breaking point is eight to ten hours. That's when the game gets good. Like, that's when you basically finish the tutorial. And you know what? I am at the, the darkest part of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the part where I go, you know what's so funny? It's And I appreciate you, and I appreciate all the D-pads out there uh, that are not currently in the D-pad, but is that uh, that, that warned me about this. Yes. They said, you are going to have to deal with this. Just, you know, just power through. And with my expectations being placed there, I still am finding myself going, oh my God, they're right. They're oh, just really? so right. Yeah. They're, I'm at a point where, okay, so I'll, I'll just kind of explain what's happening at the moment. Is that I- are, are you able to do that? It is a Kojima game. Are you able to explain what's <sighs> happened so far? <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember when we were doing our Mushroom Club with like, explain the, the movie's plot in 90 seconds? Right. I couldn't. So I Mushroom Club is our is our Patreon up. over at retrograde.com or sorry, patreon.com slash retrograde podcast. Uh, and yeah, we we did some movies in December and we tried to explain those plots in 90 seconds. Yeah. For like and that the was Matrix. Assassin's Creed, Matrix 2, and uh, what was the other movie then? Star Wars. And Star Wars. And GoldenEye. Oh my GoldenEye God. was pretty easy. GoldenEye was pretty, actually, but then at the end it kind of like gets a little... A little, little, bit, little bit confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, industrial like I couldn't explain what's going on in the plot, and I'll get to that in a second. But now on the mission I'm on is one of the first ones where you can accept multiple missions at once. Okay. And uh, multiple missions uh, directed towards the story, not just optional. Right. And I, so like I went through a mule camp and we, you know, got into a fight and yep. stuff. And they're like, oh, and so I get to the destination. They're like, you don't have that cargo on you. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the cargo on me. I guess it got knocked off oh, in the fight. No. And so I was like, oh, I'll redeploy it. And then I redeployed it and went back to the first place. And then they're like, it's in your private locker. It's not in my private locker. And now I'm kind of like sitting there going like, well, now what do I do? Wait, what the hell? Really? I, I don't, I honestly feel stuck. I've been working on this for hours. Where it's did you, brutal. That's, that's, that's bizarre. That's never happened to me before. Yeah. Cause I, like I'm a, like a good Uber Eats driver. I take care of my cargo. <laughs> Um, I've never, I've never lost it. Yeah. Uh, I've never let the mules step on me cause I'm a big boy, Mikey. Okay. The mules, can we talk about the mules? I'm just going to go hit by hit here sure. because yeah, yeah. the mules, uh, just kind of an, an annoyance, not really like an actual obstacle. You know what? They, they become the way I've kind of started to, to view it is, is that they're essentially the same thing as a river or a mountain. It's about finding a way around them That's probably, or yeah. through them. Uh, at the expense of something else, whether it's a direct route mm -hmm. or or slowing down or needing a bit more armor. As you progress, the mules become more and more violent. Oh. Uh, in, in the story, they'll become, uh, they'll shoot at you with actual guns. Oh. Like in the beginning, you the electronic spears. Yeah, which yes. I found actually way worse than when they shoot at you with guns because okay. you're driving through with, with like a truck. Yeah, uh, I stole the truck from them. Yeah, that was the best feeling I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. Dri stealing a truck, Loading up on materials you'd never be able to carry on yeah. your own. Oh, it's it's great, but like fist fighting them, it, it's just it's boring as fuck. It just takes. First of all, the 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 actual mechanic is not really satisfying. No, it's, it's not. And good. it just 
takes you're like, well, just come here, come here. I'm gonna punch you a couple times. All so right, now go so down. this is this is one of the problems that I think a lot of people have with the game, and that is totally warranted. And first of all, the mules, if if we didn't explain, I can't remember if we did, are basically oh, no. just like we characters didn't. in the game. They're NPCs, they're enemies, yep. and their goal is to steal cargo from you. Yeah, and they're like a re- if you're a delivery person, they're a renegade delivery person. They right. stop they stop delivery people. If you're an Uber Eats delivery person, <laughs> they are a skip the dishes delivery person. <laughs> <laughs> whose job is only to skip the dishes, meaning stealing cargo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Skip the dishes off your head. <laughs> off your as fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, you either find a long route around them to get to your destination, or you go straight through them and try to avoid them, or you fight them. Now, yeah. the, the, the key is, the best thing to do, I think, is just avoid them entirely, if you can. The fighting them, the combat, is legitimately boring. Uh, the hand-to-hand, you basically just tap square until they're dead. And they all come running up one at a time. One at a time. It's amazing. You, But you eventually unlock things like the bola gun. I don't know if you've got gotten that. No. Um, so that that helps you like shoot them and wrap them up. Sure. Or you can uh, str- like tie them together strands, with strands. Sneak up on That's them. What you're, you don't even have to sneak up on them. Oh. You just hold the strand out, and if they attack you, you press like oh, a button. I haven't figured and that out. You wrap yet. them all. They out. keep prompting me for that, and I have no idea you, what to you do. You got to do it. So there are ways to make it easier for you. The problem I think a lot of people have with this game is that ultimately the gameplay isn't fun necessarily, but I would argue that it's rewarding. So what I try to do is find is find things to do in the game that are, or find ways to play the game that avoid blatant frustrations and right. get me on the fast track to reward. You know, it's funny because up until that point about like, see, it might be just a game glitch. Like to be honest, like I don't know, really know what's going on is that I was, I was kind of enjoying it. I could see the map and go, okay, so what are we going to do? There's a generator there. So yep. I could take the truck. Okay. But if I, maybe I'll leave the truck there and then I'll go on my foot. And I was starting to enjoy the idea of the actual planning of planning, this game. Yes. Um, by the way, if 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 it's not clear, Mikey loves this game, I and I am learning love this game. And so this is like me going to my mentor, going like, "What should I do?" And you're like, "Leave the truck." I'm like, ah, I understand every, now. Every podcast is you going to your mentor. <laughs> yes, and exactly. and or sorry, sorry, you going mental because you have oh, to speak with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the splinter, and yeah. I am I am the Leonardo, the yeah. boring one. Sure. Um, is it you know? Is it? I can see how this is starting to make sense. Yeah. The only issue is there's just. A lot going on. I, I will say the story itself. Okay, so this there's a comparison I wanted to make, and I was gonna I was gonna kind of save it because it is now the 20th anniversary. No, yes, 20th anniversary of Donnie Darko. Oh, and Jesus I, Christ, 20 years. Isn't that crazy? And what I wanted to talk about was how Death Stranding and Hideo Jima, who I understand, I'm gonna speak ill about him and going into a podcast about video games and stuff like that. It's a dangerous thing to Please do. Please don't attack me. I'm just just let's don't process. be a mule. Andrew's just carrying knowledge <laughs> cargo. In my butt, and uh, is uh, is uh, that's a that's a very good way of saying it. Thank you. Is that I just want to have an open conversation about Hideo Kojima. So Donnie Darko came out, and when I was young and it was of that generation, everyone's like, "That's the best movie." Yeah. And then you'd say, "Hey, what happened to that movie?" And they'd go, "Well, okay, wait, um, huh?" <laughs> and they could never explain what the movie was about. Yeah. And then you're like, "But it's so good, right?" Yeah. And I'm like. And it feels like a little bit of like a, a paper tiger or a paper lion a little bit. That, that you'd start, if you pull away the layers here a little bit, you're like, what's left? And you're like, and I just, as much as this story is so confounding. Yes. But, but I was okay with that when it came to Metal Gear Solid. Because sure. I was like, oh, the story's confounding, but the gameplay's so much fun. And there's the the parameters of a, a spy thriller kind of thing. This one is kind of like very naked of saying, hey, this is some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. You just got to be okay with the story kind of making almost no sense sometimes it's you know what's funny is on the 
like like looking at it just straight on. Right. It seems like the story makes no sense. But the more you do peel the layers apart, it actually ends up being more simple than you might realize. Right. Like the the whole idea of there was this uh this situation where people and their spirits essentially mm. kind of like got separated. And there's this, like, America just existed on these networks of transportation. Right. And that all got separated. Yep. And what this is about is trying to reconnect that. And it's it's obviously, like, Kojima is very metaphor-heavy, but it's just this, this idea <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> connecting and, and forcing technology onto people, but at what cost? And the more you, the more you dig into it, like, seven hours in, it, it's very... It just seems like you're doing things that are almost unrelated to the plot. Right. The more you play it, the more you realize that what you're doing is exactly is the plot itself and you become a little bit more okay with it. I, I thought I understood everything that was going on and just had an understanding of like, there's certain things that are kind of hand wavy and I'm going to have to deal with it until I got to chapter four, I think. And there's this weird, you get whisked away in a storm and the shit that happens, I'm like, oh, so I have no clue what the (laughs) fuck is going on. Uh, So there's more of that coming. Yeah. Because I'm in with both feet, I'm just kind of going along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying everything needs to be of my sensibilities. I'm okay with fanciful ideas. Yeah. And like die hardman wearing a mask <laughs> and looking at you yeah, and going yeah. like, yeah, you got to Sam, you got to do this. And okay. I'm okay. I'm pretending to be a good guy. Yeah. Like nothing's happened in the story to make me think he's evil, but I'm like, you're not a good guy. I know you're a not a good guy. Yeah. You're Masks with, yeah. mean bad things. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's just be real exactly, about this. Yeah. And then also like die hardman. And then the hologram switches and it's Guillermo del Toro going, Hey, it's dead man here. And yeah. I'm like, Guys. And there's Hartman. And as there's well. Hartman yeah, too. Which is uh Nicholas Wingding Reffin or whatever yeah, is yes. the guy who made Drive. Yes. Yeah. Another director. Yes. And you're like, okay, okay, that's fine. And yeah. I'm okay with all of this. And I like it feels like the my least favorite parts of the Metal Gear Solid games was the last level because it was just going like, here's all the crazy shit, and they for just sure. fly it out the for walls. Sure. And I just I'm okay with that. And in your short stroke version of the plot summary of Death Stranding. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We've lost our spirit in the connection of transportation and connecting each other. Oh, totally get that. Yeah. Because there's also real world things about our modern day in 2021 yes. that are strong connections. Yeah. I totally get all that. But it's the day-to-day bullshit that I have to deal with. Okay, here, here I'm just going to name a couple things. Sure, okay? sure. I don't know. Does he love Monster Energy Drink or do they pay $10 billion? <laughs> that feels odd. It is weird. Norman Reedus has an ad for his AMC riding motorcycle show when he goes to the bathroom and then when you're in the private room in the only time in the game he looks into the camera is acknowledging someone's playing and goes hey i smell let's go shower what in the fuck he he breaks the fourth wall and then there's so the ride thing goes on even further later in the like late in the game you can you can fabricate a bike that is a ride themed bike and when you're on it norman rita says Hey, this should be on an episode of Ride with Norman Reedus. <laughs> it's so weird. So but this is like, I think ultimately why I'm able to enjoy it is because I think there's a very big element of forest for the trees. And it's oh, like, yeah. but it's, it's usually you should be able to look at a tree and think that's gorgeous. And then take a step out and look at the forest and think this is also gorgeous. Unfortunately with Kojima, I think you have to just accept the absurdity moment to moment and be yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, but but, that, all, but like from a from a larger perspective, it's actually very. But like the third tree winks at you, and you're like, yeah. "What the hell is that with that tree? What's going on with that tree over there?" <laughs> and that's why I bring up Donnie Darko is because yeah. it's like people go, "I don't know what it is, but I like it," and that's fine. That's fine for most yeah. people. Yep. But 
you're, there's a lot, and just be real with it. If you're saying I love it, and that, and I don't mean you, but I mean a generic person at home, a deep ad that's saying I love Hideo James. Okay, great. But you have to understand there's a certain amount of hand waving you have to be okay with oh, to go 100%. to go with yeah, but eh, I like it. Okay, that's totally fine. Yeah. But just don't get really mad when someone goes, okay, wait, that took me right out of the game. I, I'm. I- I, this is a weird one because this is becoming one of my favorite games of all time. Right, you've been saying and this, I'm, yeah. And I'm not, but I'm not willing to shove it down anyone's throat. I 100% understand how someone wouldn't enjoy it. Right. I'm so surprised that I like this game. Yeah. Because what I want to talk to you about before we move on, I know we've been talking about Death Stranding for a while, but um, is the gameplay itself. Because this sure. is the thing, like the story to me is fine. It's fine. Fine. But I'm not pushing the story forward for any reason other than the fact that I'm playing a game and that's right. what's required. I love the minute-to-minute gameplay. It's the most relaxing game I've ever played in... Oh, or or, or the, the, the most relaxing game i played in a very long time. Oh. And the most satisfying in terms of like a brain that works in a way that's like, I want to take things and put them in the right places and do this and t- and like get everything. And I know Andrew looks around my room to be like, you're not a very organized person, but like, <laughs> no, I, I like to pretend that I am. Um, but it, it's, it's the, the way that the story or sorry, that the gameplay progresses and allows you to do more and more yeah. as time goes on to make you realize how, like the the idea of walking from one place to another later on in the game becomes absurd. Yeah. But every so often you have to do it again and it becomes the most beautiful thing you've done. Like I just played a level where I I I took like a zip line over to this place and I'm like, oh, this is fucking easy. Like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to yeah. where I need to go in a heartbeat and realized I had to cross up a snowy mountain. Uh. And they didn't do that cheap thing, which I do think is kind of cheap. I think it works, but it's cheap, where they like pipe in some really like sentimental music as you're like coming across a horizon. They didn't even need to do that. Okay. I'm just in this environment and I'm looking around. I'm like, this is fucking gorgeous. Look how far I've come and how I've made it. And all I'm really doing in the gameplay is balancing myself and, and finding a path up a mountain that I know I'm not going to slip down. Well, and I, I, I'm totally with you. First of all, this game is gorgeous. It's really pretty. It's lush and it looks really good. And I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And I'm playing on PS4, by the way, too. Keep that in mind. So, but I, I agree with you. The only thing is, when the game is so simple, and it is so simple because there is yeah, very no, no, few things you can do. I wish Sam would engage with the environment better. Like true, dealing with the smallest of rocks sometimes feels like the like a truck sometimes bounces and goes four feet in the air, or yeah, hitting stuff, and you're like, what the fuck was that? There's little stuff like that, and then when you talk about the music, <laughs> music drives me crazy. Where I think could you. Hideo Kojima just wants to make movies sometimes. And you, that is 100% the case. Yeah, You're so right about that. I just wish he was like, he was like, I'm just going to make a fucking movie. And yep. you know what? That movie's probably gorgeous. It would as be all amazing. Hell. Yeah. And so, but when he, when the little screen comes on, like a pop-up video to go here, uh, here's a song by this person. Yes. And it's a thing. And you go, which is first of all, beautiful and it's atmospheric and I really like it, but it also takes you out of the game. Cause you go, so I'm next, guess I'm not running into mules or BTs here. Or, uh, I you guess know, I'm just walking it's now. It's so funny. I, and this is, this is one of the reasons why I think I allowed myself to love this game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because it's so aware of the fact that it's a game. It, it, yes. And I yes. don't mind that at all. I like it. I like the fact, for example, in The Last of Us 2, when you clear out a room, yeah. whether you know you've done so or not, the character makes a remark like, oof, that's the last of them. <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that I know it's like, okay, I can kind of like 
not be tense right yeah. now because you, yeah, you yeah. will have just spent half an hour clenching your butt cheeks so tight that okay. like your sphincter goes out your mouth <laughs> and then all of a sudden this music plays and you're like oh that I was how just... that was alien by the that way that was yeah yeah, yeah. it was, it was a sphincter a, the sphincter was the second mouth coming out <laughs> to bite people <laughs> Yeah, that's um, just keep that in mind. It gives you it gives you the excuse to appreciate the landscape, and I yeah. don't mind that at all. I like in a horror movie when like that has a good day night cycle when it's daytime, and you're like, I don't have to worry right now. Yeah, give me give me a break. Oh, I, I'm totally with you on that, and we're gonna talk much more about Death Stranding. Yes. So heads up. Yep. So like, just be part of this. But the last thing I want to talk about, and until we switch over here, is that the BB is my least favorite fucking character of all time because I understand it's tied to your little radar thing on your shoulder. Yep. And uh, by the way, the mule's radar, when the orange goes over your body, is one of the coolest, it's coolest cool, very, things. very because cool. Because you go, all of a sudden you go, oh shit. And you start looking and you can't find it. And you're yeah. like, ooh, they're out there. I like that. That's cool. The BB just crying out of your controller, by yeah. the way. Yep. And, and there's nothing they, like, it's raining and things are floating and the BB's crying. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I know. <laughs> I'm scared too, buddy. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You don't need to cry to tell me something's out there. I know something's out there right now. Is one of the worst. I, I, I just hate, I hate the BB I, because there's nothing good about it. I think, I think that uh, one of the struggles is that mechanically it's not fun. No. Uh, so it only relies on whether or not you emotionally can get connected to it. And that will work on you or it won't. And I understand the, the yeah. like one, one thing I do like about that as a mechanic is they could make your screen go blurry because you're hyperventilating and this and that. But instead what they do is they just increase the amount of, uh, of, of, of clutter on screen. Like yeah. especially in terms of like the cacophony, the sound where you, the baby's wheel starts spinning and the weather's going crazy right. and she starts crying and, 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 yeah, yeah. and so you start to panic. You're like, shut up. Like I'm holding my breath and you're crying. Like this isn't supposed to be, but you can look down at your baby and rock her. And that weird moment of like being chased by a BT yeah. and, and rocking your baby with your controller back and forth creates this crazy juxtaposition sometimes where it's like, this is like the way you counteract something going really wrong in a video game yeah. is by rocking a baby. Yeah, it's, it's something I've never experienced no, before. Yeah, for sure. And I get that as an idea, but it feels like the worst level of an escort mission where there's nothing I can do for it and yeah. it doesn't help me really per se. Yeah. And I'm just like, shut up, shut yeah, up. For sure. Like, and when it goes into like toxic shock or whatever the hell it does, I'm like, oh good, shut up. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Now I can just good. deal with I'll it I'll get you in the own. private yeah, yeah, locker. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so there, there you go. There's our thoughts on Death Stranding. Heads up. There's 20 more minutes coming in like one of the future episodes. Yeah. There's, there's something almost more confusing that I've been watching and well, I think that? most people have been watching uh, and it's WandaVision. Yes, 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 yes. Do you want to talk about I, WandaVision? I so desperately want to talk about WandaVision. Okay, so this is one that I think the, I think the conversation is going to flip on its head right now because right. I'm very much defending Death Stranding in spite of the fact that I know that it's absurd and that a lot of people won't like it and I right. don't fault them for that. WandaVision, I am not sold on it the way <laughs> that I think everyone else is sold on it. Um, granted, we should say this off the front. Uh, off the front. Off the front. On off the, the horn. Front. <laughs> on the horn. We should say this. Uh, at the time of recording, only two episodes have been released. Yes. yes. By the time this episode is released, there will have been at least three episodes, mm -hmm. unless you're, you could be listening to it weeks from now. Um, so we haven't seen the third episode, and apparently you were saying yeah. that critics were given three episodes to I, judge yeah, the Yeah, they're given on. three episodes, which gives you the insinuation that something happens in the third episode that makes you think, oh, that's why we would give it to critics. Right, right. You know, and... and 
and I understand why they did the first two episodes for the public. Yep. Uh, so they can do it. And by the way, a very manageable 21 minutes an episode. Oh my God. Almost not enough. Bless you. Yeah. I, I bless, all shows, by the way. Just less. Less is more. Um, sure. Yeah. So if you don't know, WandaVision airing on Disney Plus is about uh, both the Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda Maximoff, and uh, Envision. And they're... Uh, we're going to guess hallucinations or something, um, some kind of test experiment of their lives as they go through what seemingly is 50s and 60s television shows. And I guess we'll progress based on some of the ads we've seen right. uh, into 70s and 80s TV shows. But they can, we can tell that this 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 world is a lie in some capacity. Yeah. Um, also, the last time we saw them, it was in, in uh, Endgame, and Vision died yeah. and didn't come back. So. Right. What's up with that? You know, there's a little bit of this. And welcome to the segment. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Jason Dakis is dancing in the corner. Uh, Keenan Thompson's here. It's great. We're not going to put them on mic. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, we can't afford it. Uh, They're just, they, they just couldn't keep up, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I got to tell you, I understand that. I've, I've seen the complaints. And and for a large part of this, I do understand that you watch these shows, which are hyper Dick Van Dyke bewitched uh, bewitched for sure. Bewitched That's, in the yeah. second episode a lot. The first episode is like Dick Van Dyke and like, you know, newlyweds and stuff like that. Um, you, you, I can understand there's a lot of people that are watching the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and going, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? I want to keep two things in mind here. This was clearly not supposed to be the first MCU thing that everyone saw after uh, Spider-Man, which was the first thing after Endgame. Right. Uh, there was supposed to be a Black Widow movie. The Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be out. All this kind of stuff. So it is a huge left turn for this. But I got to tell you, I watched both episodes with that gigantic smile on my face because yeah. I was like, what? what is this weird yes, shit? That I had. This? I had that feeling for sure. And you know what? I got to say the other thing too is they do all these little weird shit where they play to the audience that's not there. They play as if they're reading cue cards like they used to in the 50s, which I thought was really good. And how charming is Elizabeth Olsen? Oh like, my God, yeah. Just so like, oh, this is adorable. I yeah. guess I'm so in on this idea. I, I understand changes will happen. We've seen the sword logo a couple of times, which if you don't know, Sword is shield for Shields, space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've seen the beekeeper and like whatever, whatever with that. And it's like, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. And she cuts back to a line of going like, will you always do it? And you're like, whoa, yeah. okay. That is a second thing. And also Catherine Hahn in anything is great. Catherine Hahn is, is the, the mom neighbor. from, oh, oh, I see. The I see. Neighbor. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Deborah Joe Rupp is the, uh, the mother the from, mom uh, from that 70s, 70s show. show. Yeah. They just filled it with such good character actors that are clearly people that have done these shows before. Right. right. That you're like, this is, I, you know, I'm going to get into a little bit of where the comic history is here a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I want to, before you do that, I want to give a little bit of, of where I'm at with this show. Um, I know that the people who are making it and everyone behind it is well aware of the criticisms that I will have with oh, the yeah. show. Ultimately, I'm in. I'm going to watch the next episodes. It's only nine episodes. It's only, oh, is it really only yeah. nine? It's only nine episodes. The problem is... I kind of thought it was going to pop in and out of that very blatant 60s, 70s style and whatever the weirdness is. Like, go go to and from that. Like, the the whomever's putting this on for them and then the actual 60s, 70s mm -hmm. aesthetic. Within the first two episodes, I expected that to be a little bit more apparent. Okay. Um, I also understand that they can't do it right away because they probably, you know, want to spread it out or keep the mystery going on a little bit longer. But the problem I have with that is it's obviously paying homage to these shows, but I don't like those shows. Oh. So watching these, sh and, and Grant, I'll say this, I watched it with my mom and she fucking adored it. She I, loved it. I was so charmed by it. I actually turned to my player one and I went, 
God, wouldn't it be great if we could watch Bewitched? And she's like, that would be awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, we gotta find a streaming service. But see, I don't like I would never watch Bewitched. I appreciate it, yeah. but I don't enjoy it. I don't I don't think I could go back and watch it in this and appreciate it and like it the same way I would watch uh like uh, Better Call Saul or something mm. like that. You know, like I just feel like movies and TV have gotten better. Yeah. So I feel like I'm taking a step back. I thought this as well mm, with remember better. the show. That's an interesting. I, I do. I think. I think that's better. An interesting way of saying that. I think better because they found more human ways to relate the same sorts of sentiments and humor. Hmm. Uh, whereas there's still an element of stage performance on on very like much, this, so. which is obviously like yes, of course there's they, an audience. Yeah. 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 Um, I, 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 I felt the same thing. John Mulaney is one of my favorite stand-up comedians of all time. Yeah. And he had a special on, or not a special, a TV show that made it to primetime called Mulaney. Mulaney. And it was supposed to be an homage to like 70s and 80s sitcoms. But the problem with that is it wasn't just a self-aware version that modernized it. It just basically became a 70s and 80s sitcom. So I get that they're aware of what they're doing yep. and that they're kind of poking fun at or, or playing around with these aesthetics. But to me, it just becomes an episode of Bewitched. And I so I don't enjoy it. I know yeah. it's going somewhere and I'm yes, willing to be yes, patient, yes, yes. but I'm just not enjoying the minute-to-minute watching of this show. Uh, that's interesting. I, I was so charmed by these first couple episodes, which also is like a damning statement, I think, in a little way, like, of going like, oh, everything was so nice, you know, like, which isn't, the highest praise you can give something. Um, but I just, I loved that old, that old sentiment, that whole opening sequence in the second episode of the tree hitting the window. Oh and then yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, this is, man, this is writing. This right. is so much fun, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And like the whole, the dinner scene, which was so good about like putting stuff out. And then he, it's like, you know, and Deborah Jo Rupp is repeating her line and line and line and line. And then Scarlet Witch is like, vision, save him. And it's like this weird, like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what yeah, did yeah, I yeah. see? That, like, that was a moment I fucking loved. I just, I thought there'd be a little, little bit more of that. Yeah. A no, little not, bit more. And I think, I think there will be, yes. you know, maybe ultimately it was a mistake not to release the first three, if that's not what it's going to be. But we'll, we'll see. Clearly this is, if you, if you know the comics, this is the House of M comic series, which was a really important one for Scarlet Witch. The thing is about Vision and Scarlet Witch is they were kind of like maybe the least uh, focused on characters sure. in these Avengers movies, these huge full movies. I don't blame them for that. But these characters have a lot of backstory to them, especially right. Scarlet Witch, who's yep. maybe top five most uh, powerful you know, mutants in the whole comic book universe. Yeah. And her House of M, I'm not going to ruin it for everyone, but her House of M series is really important. And I've already started to point out the characters and going, oh, so they're that, per oh. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they're yeah, that yeah, yeah. person. Yep. Oh, okay. And I, you know, I hate to say it, which is unfair because Marvel should be giving everybody a little bit of 10% 10, 10 in of going, oh, I know, I know. Sure, sure. Instead of just the people that have read the comics. That's not fair. I, I love- I actually, I don't mind that. I honestly don't. But and then, I haven't read the comics. But you, but you, but then you're going to sit here and go like, I don't know if it's for me. And it's like, I wish they gave you a little bit more. So you're like, oh. Well, no, touch not, your nose not, a little more, bit. not more necessarily of, of knowing that it relates to the comics, mm. but more of the payoff of there's something sinister going on behind yes. the scenes. Like Which, the scene at the dinner table, like you said, of, yeah. of vision, save him, vision, save yeah, him. Like same. that to me was an exciting moment. And uh, you get basically one of those in the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. I know, The blood, the, the, yeah, the helicopter. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know, It for some reason, for the amount of time I spent with that payoff, it didn't seem like there was, uh, it, it seemed like for, like, 
the payoff to minute to minute ratio, yeah. there was too much minute to minute. No, and I told I I totally understand that. I think I think there's a lot of faith you got to put in MCO, and I just which I have, and that's why I'm going to continue oh, watching. Totally, it. Yeah, and yeah. I just it's so funny that I look at this and I go like <laughs> the part is who is this for? You know, it's it's that's for, a great question. Who is this for? Because like I enjoyed it, and your mother enjoyed it, and that's great, and I'm really glad to hear that. But it's like one of these things where it's like they've done really good at creating a format that is very right, you know, pleasing and like satisfying and things like that. And then they want to take a right turn, and I just want to find a way to go like keep keep taking yes. chances. Don't don't just keep making the same movie. Keep taking chances. And why did they do this? I have no idea, but I'm so glad they did, and I hope it pays off. I I agree with you, and and. I think I think with all of the negative things I've said, yeah. I still recommend watching the show. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it. Yeah. However, uh, I don't think I would have given it a shot if it weren't Marvel. But yes, here's the thing: is yes. they've earned the right for me yeah. to give them a few episodes because yeah. I know there there's more to it, I and do, I know they'll bring this somewhere it wants to go. I do love that you know you know how like certain movie studios and TV studios know which online personalities they can give stuff to so they can get a nice write-up. Sure. Like, and it just makes me laugh about like, you know, watching Mank and watching these old ones about like, the critics used to just tear things apart because they felt like it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. fucking sucks. They yep. should be embarrassed themselves. I love that now they know who to give it to and somebody goes, well, this David Lynchian take on a thing. It's like, okay, get out of your head out of your ass. <laughs> David Lynch would never in a million years be like, what? No. Like, it's like, and I like this, you know? So I just, I love that like, Oh yeah! Whenever you hear that word being thrown around, take that with the biggest grain of salt you've ever seen what, in your L- life. Lynchian? Yeah, yeah. How fucking dare Honestly, you? Honestly, I think there was a great Lynch movie with the biggest grain of salt I've ever seen in my life. Wow! It was called The Biggest Grain of Salt. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And then at the end, you just see big horse hooves, and you're like, <gasps> horse hooves! Oh no, horses! Right like the wind, bullseye. You're a good podcast. Nay, nay, nay. It would be so much funnier if we tried <laughs> to do this. <laughs> but we don't. We just say it because horses come up a lot. Horses? It's amazing how often horses comes up. Uh, seriously. Horses comes. <laughs> oh, my God. I have, that, I have that glove that goes all the way up to my shoulder because I'm going to inseminate this horse. Dude, I went I went to a coffee shop today to get I a coffee. you have a segue, yeah. Uh, this bizarrely is a segue. Um, you bring up horse insemination. I've got a story about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I've been, this is yeah. on top of my mind. I got something. Um, I, I went to a coffee shop and I said, I was like, oh, how, how was your day? Whatever. And, and the barista was like, ah, you know, yesterday was kind of shit. Today's pretty good. And I was like, oh, right. No, I didn't come here uh, uh, yesterday. And she's like, oh, you didn't come yesterday? And I was like, wow. 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 <laughs> there are a lot of people in here. Wow. I was like, I mean, if we're going there. And it's also 730 in the morning or something <laughs> yes. like that. Yeah. Which is the ripe time. <laughs> I didn't sleep about. last night. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you didn't come yesterday? It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're looking around like, oh, okay. Um, wow. So yeah, hit up that barista. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to talk about yeah. is uh, the, the second part of the Tiger documentary aired. Right. So we talked about it before it aired. Yes. Uh, and now we're going to talk about it after it aired. Yes. And uh, no, we talked about it the 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 after the first episode. Sorry, yes. After the first, after episode. The first episode. Thank you very much. Wait, but I hadn't seen it at that point. Right. And so now that both parts have aired, I kind of want to talk about it just for five minutes before we get into Scott Pilgrim Let's here. do it. Um, yeah, the Venn diagram of Tiger Woods fans and retro <laughs> video game fans apparently isn't that thick. Oh, it's amazing. I know. Yeah. It's nothing like Alan. Oh, the thickest of all, <laughs> other than Robin. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I said Robin like that, but uh, Robin. <laughs> Robin. That's, of course, Batman's sidekick. Robin yeah, Thick. Dick Grayson. <laughs> Dick Grayson. Alan Dick Grayson. Oh my God. It makes you think, really, it does. Um, <laughs> Few things do. I know. 
parents both killed. Uh, Joe Chill. Do you think Sorry, Joe I Chill? I always laugh when. Is this the third week in a row we're talking about Joe Chill? <laughs> Joe Chill cast. Uh, is uh, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if Joe, Joe Chill tried to go, like go after the Graysons, the Flying Graysons, and he was like, hey, oh no, because didn't the Joker <laughs> canonically kill the Graysons? Is that? Can I, someone get at us on that? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question. Someone, I. I, I don't know if that's the movie. I think that's the. I think that's Jack uh, Nicholson in the movie. So it's probably not in the comics that. Right. Uh, the the flying Grayson. Dude, the, before before we get into this, okay. I've been consuming <laughs> as many animated Batman movies and TV shows as I possibly like. I've always loved animated Batman movies. Yeah. They usually do like. Um, uh, they take the best graphic novels, right, and they make them like an hour, hour and a half animated thing, like uh, the Long Halloween, Long Halloween or yeah. or yeah. Batman is, Year One, which is great. The Dark Knight great. Rises, um, or Long Return, Halloween sorry. is so good. But Year One, Year One's the famous one because that's Frank Miller. Um, Long Halloween is my favorite by far. Long I love Halloween it. is so. But good. I, I just watched Death in the Family, and honestly, oh. wouldn't recommend it. It's oh. not. It's not great. And given how good those comics are, mm. it's not. It's not great. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Actually, yeah. okay. So Tiger, um, you know, it's a two part documentary on HBO. It's about the rise and fall, and then semi rise again of Tiger Woods. Yeah, and uh, and you see it from you know, all, all like organic camera stuff of like, you know, him as a kid with Earl Woods and, and, you know, on the course and then, you know, his rise up in the amateur ranks and then eventually winning, you know, major tournaments in the PGA. Oh, he did that. Yeah. He's a pretty good golfer. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we got our heads around the fact that his name is Tiger real fast, real fast, real fast. No, I, as a kid always thought that that was his nickname. Always thought that. that well, was it kind of is Eldrick Tiger Woods. Oh, is his first name? Wait, Eldrick. His- like Eldrick, as in like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, Eldrick Truth. Yes. Do you want me to say yes so I can move fast? That Andrew, please say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's absolutely. Move the fuck past. Let's yeah, Earl huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then obviously the second part is about his fall, which is you know towards his affairs and and drug addictions and stuff like that, and his small rise again when he won the Masters. Um, you know, I, I you know we've we've talked a lot about this off mic to be honest, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm very curious about this. I think. Good sports documentaries are rare still. I think there's a lot of documentaries come out. I think Icarus and I think about Last Dance and I think about some ones that have come out recently. Um, but there was a huge lull for like 15 years there where sure. we weren't really making great ones with, with the until 30 for 30. 30 for 30, I was going to say, yeah. But OJ, OJ versus America is, you know, probably my favorite sports documentary for the last, for sure. this century. It's just truly it's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then when this comes along, I'm really glad that we get a little bit of that unauthorized take a little bit. Because if Tiger was there going like, well, here's what I was thinking during that time. I actually don't know if that changes my feeling on this documentary a lot because it's like, well, you know, I was going through a lot and I, you know, I was taking drugs. You're like, yeah, we got that. We have the yeah. tape here of you, you know, driving, yeah. you know, high. So I, 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 I'm curious about your take on this. Yeah, you know what? I, I think... I'll say this. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong about this. Okay. But, but my feeling is that I would have liked Tiger to be involved a little bit. Oh, really? It's just so strange when the guy is still alive to hear a story about everything he's ever done and not have him involved in the storytelling. Mm. And I understand the benefits of that as yeah. well. However, I don't think that this... Oh, I gotta be careful about what I say here. I don't think that this as an unauthorized... Uh, biography yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about him does enough to say anything if it's not huh. going to include him. I just feel like there was no thesis to this. And I, I don't, even then I don't know if it's necessary, but it just seemed like they told me the rough outline of his career and I knew all of that and it digs into it a little bit, 
but not really enough where it's willing to take a stand one way or another. Hmm. And I think the follow-up question is, does a documentary need to take a stand? That's exactly what I was going to say. I think in something that's so public, kind of, I I feel like I I don't think I learned much about Tiger and about... Like I've seen this documentary before in the in the form of Tyson, the Mike Tyson documentary, uh, the one without him, where it was yeah. just kind of like it was about him, and it's telling, it's like it's not his fault, it's the people around him, but then it is kind of his fault, and like who do you blame? Sure. And I I feel like I ended it with this sense of just being right. Like I feel like it was a roller coaster, but but not in a good way. A roller coaster in the sense that I ended up exactly where I left off the same. But that's way. roller coasters. You always Th- that, end up where you I, left that's off. That's what I mean. It's like oh. like usually people. But say, you had fun along the way. I I had some moments along the way that I enjoyed. No, but <laughs> some like, ups, some downs, some ups, some downs, some circles. Yeah, but but unchanged. I never leave a roller coaster thinking. No, I, we shouldn't keep going on this metaphor. No, no, but no you brought I never, it up. I'm I never going. leave a roller coaster thinking my my life will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I know I know I'm I'm kind of stepping on on your opinions of this documentary. Well, I, I think fine. I think it worked a lot better for you than it did for well, me. Well, you know, what? I just think it's like Tiger Woods is a truly remarkable story in the way that uh, there has been no one that has ever been you know bred into success like he has. And so what I loved about it was these stories of like that Earl Woods tape of like him being I was brought to mm. Earth by God. To create someone that will unite the races. Well, I and you're like, here, here's Whoa. the thing. I want to see an Earl Woods documentary more oh, than boy. a Tiger Woods documentary. But okay, so then we see Tiger Woods ri- rise as a young kid and like this mechanical, like robot way they built him into a machine that would kill mm. and like doing things. And that eventually comes into truth. Yes. Um, and then his success. And you're like, cool, that's really good. And then, you know, one of the most important tabloid stories ever in the last like 1500 years is Tiger Woods and Elon. Why? Why is that? Why is a golfer the most popular story? And actually, to be honest, I thought they were light on that. They could have really hammered home on like, look how weird this is. But I also think people's patience with that stuff is is pretty slim. Right. When if they really hammered home going like, look how sensational this was, people would have been like, yeah, okay, fine. So I thought they did a good job of that. And then the rise at the end of him hugging Charlie when he wins the Masters and Earl's voice over top of it, I was like, oh boy, that's yeah. like a, that's a little bow on the, the gift right there. So Yeah, it, it had those moments for yeah. sure, but I, I think those moments all felt a little bit, and this is kind of what you were saying, lowest common denominator. Like it felt mm. like it was it was very, like you say paint by numbers a lot. Like yes, you, I and, yeah. and I feel like this was a paint by numbers documentary really? with very, very good production quality. Yeah. Th- it was very well made. And the story itself is yeah. a great story. Oh, yeah. But I don't think the documentary itself did anything to really pull it apart in a way that I would have liked or or that I felt like I experienced oh, in The Last Dance. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, you know, The Last Dance is like, Last Dance is good, but it's this like big glossy take on, you know, how good Michael Jordan is. And I and there's a lot of like how good Tiger Woods is. There was a number of times I watched in this documentary and he hits a shot and I'm like, oh God, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh God, I yeah. wish I could swing a club like that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. looking at a four-year-old child. I'm like, I wish I could swing a yeah. club like that. Um, and, but like, there's little things of like, this is what true documentarians do. And I think we've lost sight of what documentaries do in a lot of ways. But just like Earl Woods' is uh, RV and like, oh, oh yeah. my God, yeah, we yeah, got yeah, footage yeah. of Tiger playing in front of an RV. Do you think it's the same one? And they go doing that. The 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 high school girlfriend and him looking and as happy as he's ever looked in his life to the footage of him training with the Navy SEALs. And there was all this little stuff where I'm like, well, this is not normal Tiger Woods yeah. stuff. Like, I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And um, for less than four hours, 
you you are really well, less than three hours. You're really trapped into this like interesting world of like, oh, I've seen Tiger play golf, and now it's uh, a little bit of an insight into him as a human being that I might have not gotten. So I, I it was I found, good. Ultimately, I'll yeah. say similar to Wandavision. It's watch. It's totally yes. worth watching. Yeah, you yeah. should watch it. Yeah. It doesn't. If you're expecting the Last Dance, don't. And yeah. I think that was my yeah. problem. Is I I went in expecting like that level of quality, yeah. uh, and and content and and changing of my opinion. But I left it thinking, cool, some good insights. But I don't think anything different of Tiger oh, yeah. Woods that it, than I did. Oh, before. that's interesting. I you know I between the breaking leg thing and which that I, was the fucking best part. That it, that was cr- I didn't realize how much he was going through in the U.S. Open. I, I knew he was going through something, <laughs> but didn't realize it was that. I much. must have been the most annoying person to watch with because I was with my player one, and I was like, and they were like. 2010, play, U.S. Open. I forget what the year was. 2008, I, I think. 2008. And yeah. I looked over, I'm like, oh! I'm like, wait, wait, watch this. And she's like, yeah, I'm watching. I'm like, no, 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 no watch this. Watch this, watch this. And she's like, I'm watching. Shut the fuck up. It was, like, it yeah, was yeah. so much. So for those, I mean, if you don't, well, I don't, maybe we should, well, fuck it. Yeah. No, no. It, it's it's a, not spoiling. It's, it's a real life occurrence. It's a story that happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I knew that he won the U.S. Open in 2008. On a broken leg. On a broken leg. But I didn't real and with no ACL, which yeah. is fucking crazy. But I didn't realize when they were showing those clips, I was like, oh, it must have been the next year because he's like unable to hit a shot. And then his caddy's like, dude, stop it. L- yeah. Let's go home. And he's like, fuck you, I'm going to win this tournament. When this slid on the, the cart path, that was the one that I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, know. Because yeah, yeah. he was coming in already with a fractured leg and then right. he snapped his leg. Yeah. And uh, that, that the Navy SEAL story, I can't get over. I just think that's so fascinating that Tiger Woods was bred to be this person that he went, yeah, he's 37. And he's like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And they're like, no, what? <laughs> why would you, you have a billion dollars in the bank and you're yeah. 37 yeah. and your body's breaking down. No, you're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it. Oh, <laughs> people have told me I can't do things before. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell that to my green jackets? They're like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. Tiger Woods infiltrating Al-Qaeda in a green jacket. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Tiger Woods. He's, uh, like, <laughs> he's, he's standing next to a sniper. The sniper misses his shot. He just puts a golf ball down on the ground next to him. He's like, 100 yards? Okay. <laughs> Smacks it. Oh, that makes it. it just, it's like the, the confidence. You're like, well, you're a really good golfer. It's like, yeah, this is uh, different than golf, Tiger. It's uh, a little bit different than yeah, golf. A little bit is, different uh, than golf. You know. But that, that confidence is something I think he had in common as well with Michael Jordan. And that was one of the the, the big draws of this documentary. Absolutely. Um, almost as confident Uh-oh. as the protagonist of Scott Pilgrim <laughs> uh, in, uh, there we in are. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is the game that we're going to be talking about oh my this God. week. I'm so excited to talk about this game. I'm. This is one of my favorite properties of oh, all time. Yeah. I and by that I mean something that just gives me so much joy and crosses one medium. Right. Because there are a lot of properties that I absolutely love, but this is I've read all the comics, I've seen the movie, I've played the game, I've consumed everything there is to consume about Scott Pilgrim, yep. and I love all of it, and I love the fact that it's based in Toronto, which yeah. is where we're recording out of. So yeah, just if you if you haven't been hammered home over the head about this a couple of times, yeah. we are from Toronto. We are. And we live in Toronto, and this is one of the few properties that actually says, oh, we're in Toronto. And like, celebrates all- it. Yeah. In a way that New York always gets and we never get. Yeah, if you don't understand the number of things that film in Toronto that are in New York, I can't begin to describe you how many times this happened. So much so that you walk downtown and you see yellow cabs 
And you're like, what the hell? We don't have, we have yellow Manhattan, caps. That's Manhattan license plates. Yeah, yeah. We don't have yellow caps. That's a that's Manhattan, thing. New York. Yeah. We have uh, like green and orange, but it doesn't matter. And uh, and so you see a yellow one, you're like, no, they're filming another thing. They, they filmed or a subway so- entrance that has a, a a huge letter number thing. And yes. You're like, well, that's not. Oh, okay, right. So much so the fact that I told you about the story about the uh, the coffee shop. The reason they had a shit day is because uh, a film crew popped up right in front of the coffee shop yesterday, and they were filming without oh. telling anyone, and it was uh, DC Titans. Uh, yeah. So great. They film all the time in Toronto. It's yeah. a lot cheaper than filming in New York, apparently. Yeah. Um, tax credits. Tax credits. Exactly. Yeah, we give people exactly. tax credits for that. Um, but Scott Pilgrim, I think, was the first time where they were blatant about where they were. Yeah. Or not not the first, but the f- one of the first that I had seen where it, like Sex in the City, yep. it treated Toronto like a character. Yeah, for sure. And Brian, o- Brian Lee O'Malley is from Toronto. So like, I think that was a huge part of yes. it as well. And uh, and so, so we have maybe a separate connection to this. But I think... The people that listen to this podcast, or the people that would be the people that would care about the the stuff that we talk about in this podcast, would be the same people that would like it. Aside from its setting, it's right. about like an uh, you know undeserved kind of hero that would be working his way up to try with his own unique set of knowledge and you know set of skills and stuff like that to try and win Le- people's really attention. Really, situation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unique set of skills. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think that that anti-hero kind of uh, mood of this, especially in the comics where uh, he's not a great guy, yeah. just kind of worked. Yeah. Like I think, I think the problem with a good protagonist or, or like a, a typical protagonist is that they're perfect and no one can really see themselves in that. They want to, but they can't. Right. And when a protagonist makes dumb mistakes or says something that you don't want them to say, mm-hmm. I think the reason why that's uncomfortable is because you think back to the times you have done that. I think about The Last of Us all the time, number one. Oh. Joel's uh, progression into becoming who Joel ends up being. Yeah. He's like, not a good guy. No, he's not. And you're like, I'm used to playing Mass Effect where I get to choose what the protagonist says. And when the protagonist doesn't say what I want, it's like, well, that's not who I want to be. That's who I am. (laughs) Fuck that bullshit. I'm out. Um, but Scott Pilgrim, this is this is a game typically what we where we cut off our games is 2007. That's yes. just kind of an arbitrary. Granted, it's been three years since we started so this it's podcast. Probably 2010 now. So 2010, which is when this game came out, ah. was August 2010. Uh, it was made by Ubisoft Montreal, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, they're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Toronto. Yep. And Ubisoft Chengdu, August 2010. Brian Lee O'Malley and Edgar Wright actually were involved in making this game, which oh. is which is a it's great to know. And I honestly feel like it comes out in the game itself. The game does not feel like a typical movie game. The right. game feels so like there's so much love imbued in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming at, at, at this time, Andrew, you you played uh, uh, this game when it came out. Did, oh yeah, did, absolutely, yeah. I did. Just a typical uh, left to right beat 'em up, mm-hmm. like Final Fight, like uh, Castle Crashers, which we played. Game Informer, which I'll get into later, oh, said that uh, this uh, was uh, oh, uh, Informer. Thank you very much. Uh, 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 uh. Let me try it again. <clears throat> okay, me 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 me. Informer. That's why. Hard. Why do you have three watches on? <laughs> Well, because Snow just can't help himself, but allegedly steal all of my friend's watches. <laughs> That's a true story. Allegedly. That's a callback for the real ones. Allegedly. Um, it, so this is uh, this is uh, a game that Game Informer <laughs> said was the best traditional beat-em-up since Castle Crashers. Wow. And D-Pads, who have been uh, fans of the podcast, will know I absolutely loved Castle Crashers. We played it on the podcast. We played it on the podcast uh, early into uh, the, the COVID generation. Yeah, of so our, about a year ago? Yeah, about a year. Yeah, where Because so we did that remotely. We were When we were doing our remote recordings, mm-hmm. when we didn't have the uh, the 
the D-pad to record it. Oh my God. Not, not we're, now we're sitting in this D-pad. By the way, the D-pad makes me think we're playing on like beanbag chairs or something like that. Like we're in this D-pad. Well, we have, we do have to walk through all of the, the dangling beads in mm-hmm. my doorway. Dangling beads. There's a hot tub we have to pass by. It's oh, in the shape of a- Have to get to. <laughs> NES controller or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw an advertisement for the SNES recently. Okay. Or sorry, no, the NES. And the advertisement was- like the person holding the controller had their thumbs like like at the very bottom of the like it wasn't like they were holding it with their fingers up over the top as oh, though yeah. there were bumpers. The shoulders, yeah. It was just like their thumbs were doing all the work. Wow. And it was like almost two little thumb joysticks. Is it that just looked so awkward? Do you think it's that they were trying to tell us that's how you should be using it, or that's a model that's never touched a controller? Before? I think that's how they thought people should hold wow. the controller. Because if you look back at the N64 and how they expected people to hold that controller, right. it's not like gripping the the middle and gripping the right like most people did. It right. was gripping from the very very outsides and having your thumb go across to the joystick, which is fucking bonkers. That is crazy. If you don't believe me, look up the old N64 instruction books. If you have one, that's how they show you holding. Why don't we try and we'll try and find a picture and post it on our our Twitter account. That's a great idea. Cause that seems like how, uh, uh, I was going to say Norman Bateman, Patrick Bateman, (laughs) similar. Yeah. Norman Bates, Patrick Bateman. Exactly. Uh, would hold a controller. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. (laughs) This is how you're supposed to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, it's funny too, because I, I think when people think about Scott Pilgrim, I don't like the movie and the comic. I don't imagine that their first thought would be beat em up game, right? Mm, it no. just doesn't seem very fitting. And, and it turns out they were actually originally uh, approached by Telltale. Oh. The company that made The Walking Dead, yeah. The Back to the Future. Sam and Max was one of their first ones. Uh, and, and Brian Lee O'Malley said, thank you, but he just couldn't see it working in that, in that, in that line. I get the adventure element, but I, I do feel like there needs to be an element of, of combat. Um, yeah. And I think the movie does a big part of that. Yes. Because, you know, it naturally sets itself up with levels and bosses and, you know, big, you know, showdowns at the end and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And, and the game, the game, uh, you know, paid homage to that in a lot of ways, uh, by focusing obviously on the combat. It actually reminds me minute to minute of, uh, the Simpsons arcade game, Ah, which we both really loved in this. One of the things that I do, maybe you don't remember this about the game, but when you kill enemies, do you know what pops out of them? I forget. Canadian currency. Oh, Dimes, really? pennies, loonies, toonies. Oh my God. That's like that. What was he? Jesus. Kind of like the scene in the movie where he beats. Jason Schwartzman. No, no, end. no. That's the very end. Yeah. But in the, in the, I think the first person he beats is uh, Patel. Uh, Dev Patel. Oh, Dev, Not Dev yeah. Patel. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Whatever his last name is. And he was, he was the, uh, the first evil ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and he dies and explodes into like loonies and toonies and he's like oh sweet i got bus fare for the way home <laughs> which is a great fucking line i love that um but there's a lot a lot in this game like we said that's kind of toronto focused mm-hmm. uh uh there are seven levels in it one per each evil ex-boyfriend yeah uh you can play as either scott pilgrim ramona flowers who i have a lot to say about well, Ramona flowers yeah ramona yeah uh, Kim Pine, who's the drummer, and uh, Steven Stills. There's also in uh, downloadable characters, there's Knives Chow, which is the, Knives, the other yeah, girlfriend, absolutely. and uh, Wallace Wells. Um, 
one interesting element of it, and we're going to be playing co-op when we play this, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite way to play it back uh, as a kid. I was playing it actually when I was going to university in Halifax. So I was playing with all my friends who weren't fans of Toronto, and I got to be, as we were playing through the game... Tour guide? A tour guide. Yeah. And like, do you guys know what this place is? This is, this is called Sneaky D's. Let me tell you about their nachos. Like, it's, it's That's fun. incredible. Like, isn't it... it I, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that we're recording this podcast basically a 20-minute walk from Sneaky D's, which is one of the main locations. I used to go dancing at Dance Cave. We've been there a couple times together, which is right above Lee's Palace. Yeah, I live really close to Lee's Palace. Yeah, Yeah, all this stuff, I love love that kind of sentiment. Uh, But when you're playing co-op... If you want to put together where we live, you could figure that out pretty fast there. (laughs) Actually, that's probably true. (laughs) Whoops. Um, There's uh, uh, one thing that I I did love about uh, playing the game in co-op, this weird kind of element, is like you could spend your money Mm. that you've picked up to revive your co-op partner. Yes. Which is cool. If I died... Oh, boy. How much would you be willing $42. to... $42. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? That's more than I thought you'd say. Great. 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 <laughs> I was thinking, like, what's enough that feels like more than something, but and not, not insulting, yeah, too? Yeah. yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, like, in terms of the overall understanding of what this game is, it's pretty straightforward. Mm. It was a downloadable game in an era where downloadable games didn't have to be much more than what they kind of showed that they were in, right. in ads. It was a left-to-right beat-em-up. Um, the Metacritic score was only, like, a 77%. Really? But, yeah, it was really very... So Game Informer, who said that it was oh. the best be- informer, thank you. Who said it was time, time. Should we be bringing up time, even though we know that many people may not know my story about snow stealing my friends' watches? <laughs> I think you just described it to them. Allegedly, allegedly, Alle- I allegedly described it to them. <laughs> yeah. um, and if it snow comes after us, it was clearly the precipitation that is frozen, not the wrapper. Yeah, no, no, it froze my my friend's house and then the wash, the water melted and washed away all his watches. Jack Frost himself tiptoed into the house yeah. and went, my watch now. And they're like, Snow stole that watch. For those of you who also aren't from Toronto, Jack Frost does this all the time. He's our tooth fairy. <laughs> He's a legendary cat burglar in the city. He is. If you lose a tooth, you put it under your pillow. Jack Frost comes into your place and steals your dad's watch. That's what happens. That's what happens. Um, so game did our her. kid lose a tooth? <laughs> okay, lock up all the watches in the house. We got something coming on here. Uh, Game Informer gave it a nine. IGN gave it an eight. GameSpot gave it a six point five. So pretty, uh, pretty varied. Oh, GameSpot there. dropping the dropping the rank in there. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I Real think Mikey. I think I want to. <laughs> I want to get into our uh, reviews of this game. Sure. Are you about, or or, or let's, let's talk a little bit about your experience with the game. Yeah, no, I I really remember enjoying this game because at the time, uh, a side scroller that was of, um, you know, a modern property like that was, you know, semi unique. And while we, I, I'd grown up with so many side scrollers that I love, like the Simpsons, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's another one that final fight, like all these ones that you're like, Oh, that's so much fun. And then they were going to go, Oh, that's something you, that's kind of modern. Oh, that's a great idea. Right. It felt very apropos of like modern and, and like contextually relatable for us. Right. right. Like it's, it's like to, to have a beat em up like the Simpsons that takes place in our backyard, almost literally. Yes. Is great. Oh no. It's, it, it made it so much more fun for us, but I think technically it was a good game. Mm. I don't think just being from Toronto would have like skated past that. Oh, hey, how about that? It would (laughs) have skated past that idea. I think it really did need to be good yes for it to for it to be memorable and i I think it was i i definitely do like i said i played this game a lot i think that even even and and to your point i wasn't as 
steeped in Toronto right. at that time as I am now, and right. I still love the share of this game. My friends from Halifax love this game, and they'd never been to Toronto. Yeah. So this says, I think, that that the mechanics of the game are great. I have a deep fondness for these uh, uh, beat-em-ups. Mm. I love going back and playing them, especially the remakes. Uh, and and this is one of those games that I think was taken off the marketplace of anywhere you could really get it in about 2014. So there were six years where people wanted this game and couldn't get it. Right. And it was actually Edgar Wright and Brian Lee O'Malley who tweeted out to Ubisoft to ask them if they could re-release this game. Wow. And then in 2020, they announced that it was uh, in, in uh, part of their plans. And thank God they did. And we're so excited that we get to play it. Oh, yeah. But before we do, uh, for those of you who are new or may have just forgotten, Andrew and I each give these games two specific rankings. The first ranking out of four bits is our review based on what the game meant to us growing up. As though we're reviewing it back when it first came out, then we take a bit of a break to revisit the game and give it its second ranking, also out of four bits, which represents how the game holds up in the modern day. That said, every game will receive an ultimate score of a possible 16 bits, with eight of those bits coming from Andrew, four for the retro score, four for the current score, and eight for myself. Same breakdown. Okay, so Mikey, yeah, I, because we're now in our new Retrograde HQ D-pad. We are. Uh, I can see that you read that off a computer screen. I do. If you couldn't see that, could you repeat that? We've done about 150 of these things. You know what? You know what's weird? Is I don't think I could. Oh my God. It's bizarre, but for some reason, and we've actually, we put it out to the D-pads to see if they could do it better than I. We had a couple people did. who did it better than I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't want to shame you, so we didn't post it, but yeah, no, we saw that. Uh, I find that remarkable. So yeah, why don't we uh, Why don't we rank this, uh, what we thought as kids? Yeah, so Andrew, why don't you start? You know what? Andrew, I, please fucking start. Can you go? Jesus Christ. Okay. I want to give you... Listen, I've been sitting in this D-pad for like true <laughs> tr true hours. It's the truest hours. The truest of hours. Yeah. I uh, I love this game. I really did like this game and I thought it was unique at the time. You know, kind of like what we're talking about in the past where, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot recently with modern scores of old games. I've gone, if this was an independent game now, this would do so well right. kind of thing. Because... We've shaped so much modern independent gaming of the last eight years towards games like Scott Pilgrim of a side-scrolling beat-em-up that was a little wink-wink, a little bit like in the know, but fun and just right. sound. Just the controls were sound. There was nothing where you're like, oh, I found myself into a place I can't escape or right, whatever, right, you know? Right. It just, it, it worked. And so I loved this game back then because it ushered in that feeling of going like, why don't they make games like this anymore sure. kind of thing? Um, I thought this was a lot of fun. It didn't fully, you know, encapture all my attention. So I'm going to give us a three. Okay, fair. Uh, but because like there were other games by far that like I played obsessively. Yeah, yeah. This was not one of them. This was like a fun nostalgia niche appeal. I like that. I, I, I come... Oh, I come oh God, Jesus I Christ. Come, I come. Oh. <laughs> I come. That's why oh, I, the that's the barista I again. <laughs> this is the barista's back. Did you come? I come. This is why I can't maintain a long-term relationship or a long-term boner. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, why can't you maintain a larger relationship? Because apparently, <laughs> people don't like uh -huh. when you have to announce, I come, every time <laughs> you open up a fridge. Like, uh, that's a big deal oh, to people that, for Yeah, some that reason. is. Yeah. yeah. All types of fridges. All yeah. types of fridges. Yeah. Come one, come all. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved this game for the same reason. <clears throat> it wasn't a life-changing game, though. No. 
I played the shit out of it and yeah. I loved every second of it, but I know that one of the reasons I loved it is because it just felt like games I used to love. It didn't change my opinion on those games. It didn't bring anything new to those games. It was just a refurbished version of what I used to play and I used to love. Um, I, I think it was a great co-op experience, mm-hmm. but once I was done it, I didn't really think too much about it until years later when I was in Toronto and I was like, I kind of want to experience it again yeah. to, to have that added level of sentimentality, which I don't know has much to do with the game itself. And that's right. one of the reasons I can't go too high on it, mm. but I'm right there with you with a three. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd love to give it more, but ultimately it borrows so much from other games and just does a very good job of not screwing it up without really improving upon anything. So because it doesn't take risks mm-hmm. and essentially just borrows yeah, the aesthetic okay. of, of Canada and Toronto, um, I don't think that's enough to push it past something like a you Castle Crashers. But that's so funny because like, if I look at like Final Fight, I'm not like, where are they in fi-? like Dodge Town or whatever nonsense they create? I'm like, sure. well, that's not authentic to Dodge Town. Sure. You know, what am I, what am I, I, driving a challenger here like you know it's like it's more I think about it was metro city by the way okay yeah. metro city but it's never i'm never thinking about that it's always about the controls and the graphics right it's how it feels you know and i you know if it didn't if it didn't capture you like that then I, right there three and threes that's kind that's of, a six of the base. I, I can't use my love of toronto to give this more oh, than it deserves i yeah. see i see okay so that's a three and a three and that's a six out of eight um and you know what i'm this could go either way so fast on this game. I, I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty confident because, I mean, I played this game at a time when, uh, you know, if a beat-em-up had aged poorly, right. I would have felt it. Mm. Uh, I don't think things could have gotten worse from my perspective of a beat-em-up. Right. I think I'm going to basically get what I'm expecting and uh, and love another 3 out of 3. That's my prediction. What's your okay. prediction for your score? How about that? I, I think I'm going to go higher. Oh, I think really? we're going to get to three and a half. I, I don't know. I just think like the simplicity of this, I started to appreciate that. Fair. Um, yeah. And I, I really do think that like, they're just, this This should work on me for so many reasons. Yeah. The, the nerd side of it, the video game side of it, the Ramona Flowers, the, the Toronto, oh, Ramona everything Flowers. about it. We're going to talk about that because that's actually like a problematic thing in movies, supposedly, is like this like pixie dream girl of like- Oh, really? Creating a false fantasy of like, you know- people that could never live up to it supposedly this isn't is like that it's a huge trope isn't in, that movies though but yes but like using them as a placeholder for instead of actual personality or actual story is an interesting uh, not great way of depicting actual characters i know isn't I know. that movies though <laughs> i know like, is I know. ryan gosling's character in crazy stupid love problematic well no that whole movie's problematic it's stupid <laughs> and i hate it We'll we'll save that for the Mushroom Club. Sure, sure, sure. But until then, speaking of, we have a Mushroom Club this week. We do have a Mushroom Club this week, and uh, we hope you guys can enjoy us, or or join us, and enjoy the podcast. Join and enjoy. Uh, And we're going to, uh, before we get to our actual gameplay, we're going to play you uh, 30 to 45 seconds of it. Uh, That's over at patreon.com slash retrograde podcast. It's $5 a month Mm -hmm. to join the the Mushroom Club. But hey, if you want to pay us $100 a month, hey. You nope. can do it. Nothing's stopping you. Nothing's stopping you. Yeah. Except your bank account, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Or your parents or something. Or your like parents. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Ask your parents, though. They may like us. <laughs> so next thing you hear will be us playing over at the Mushroom Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little but, clip from the, the episode for this week. And after that, 
we have a game provided to us by our sponsor, we ANC do. Games. ANC Games, who conveniently mm. also located in Toronto. Oh my God. Where are they located, Mikey? They're located at 452 Spadina Avenue. Avenue. And they're available at AC Games Online. They give us the games uh, that we play, typically retro games that yeah. we can't get our whole, uh, get a hold on. And, or uh, they played uh, Get Death Stranding. Or Death Stranding, yeah. like Andrew got for 25 Canadian $25. dollars. That's two Tostitos in American dollars. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they're available AC Games Online or at AC Games Online on Twitter. Uh, uh, they have a great selection. Yeah. They ship to the U.S., and they provide us the games to play so that we don't have to use ROMs and emulators. We don't like to do that. No. Um, so thanks again for providing that. And uh, they are going to, they will have provided the game that you're about to hear us play. Absolutely. Over the next 10, 15 minutes. So we got Mushroom Club up next and then our gameplay. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Let's do this. Bye. Calling an emergency meeting right now because <laughs> I just saw Andrew jump in a fucking vent. <laughs> I think that's super sus that Mike is calling things. I didn't think you noticed. I was in there with you. <laughs> you were following me around, super sus. <laughs> now Sophie, who is so goddamn confident in what was happening, Sophie is making bad choices. Sophie's choice is difficult in this case. Oh, I got booted. I think. No, it's a tie because Sophie's a goddamn idiot. <laughs> now I'm just going to avoid you. Probably for the best. Cause I'll kill you, as I'm the imposter. But no one will know that. Because know on the it. internet, you could be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Universal. Oh, fuck! God damn it! Your huge, your huge weird feet hit that thing. That was my knee. Oh God, your huge weird knee. It's gonna be weird. You know what? Big. This is how we're doing this. Okay. We're, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Ramona so we're cutting flowers. to a little like house party scene, and. You know what? I have serious like uh, FOMO that of, like, of a house party. House parties. God damn, dude! Scott Pilgrim versus the World: Colon the Game. I like that. Yeah, that's I like funny. that. They're 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 very well aware of what they're doing. Okay, so we'll go story mode here. By the way, the uh, the um, uh, soundtrack. Yeah, Onomatoguchi. Really? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. what a legend! So okay. here's my favorite thing: is the mini map is Toronto. And actually, with this re-release, so to be to be clear, we're not playing the original, which is almost impossible to find. We're playing the re-release, the remaster. Yeah. Um, and with the remaster, if you got the physical version, it comes with like this map of Toronto. And I'm very much considering buying it because I think that would make That'd a great so piece cool. in in our D-pad. In the D-pad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just threw a baseball at a guy. So we don't really know why people are uh, attacking us, but uh, it doesn't feel great. It's because they. Because they're not as good as us. You know what? I get that all the time. Yeah, do you? I do. Oh, wow. He just threw a baseball oh, at me. he just threw a baseball at you. Why would you let him do that, Andrew? Protect me. Hey, you just threw- Oh, I threw a baseball stop, at you. Stop kicking cans at me. I threw a baseball at you. I'm going to make you revive me so hard. <laughs> this street looks like the street where my old psychiatrist used to- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a weird visceral memory you just had. <laughs> I think my dad hurt me. I got to call my <laughs> oh, mom my right now. <laughs> <laughs> So far, it doesn't go... It's not as fast as I thought I remembered it being. I, 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 I really love how good it looks. It looks like, amazing. It looks so good. It looks amazing. Actually, you know what? I think I need to jump more because jumping is very fun in this game and that adds a... Oh, oh shit. Oh, God, a guy in a fedora guy is beating in a the fedora. fucker. And a vest. Is this Mikey? This is very is much this Mikey? Mikey. This is Mikey in Toronto in 2008. This is 100%... Oh. They used you as inspiration, eh, for a game? You're my inspiration. Feels great. 
And you know what? It doesn't feel unfair, like no. the way that a lot of these uh, beat-em-ups well, do. Well, Alien Hominid, I think, is like a very kind of one-for-one one comparison in a lot of ways because we are, you know, going side to side and, you know, changing this the game a little bit. Yeah. That was... But there's more shooting, I feel like, in this. Like, this is a very... I think there are, two, there are multiple types of... <laughs> There should be more. It is Toronto, so there's not going to be that many shootings. But um, yeah. I feel like there are more than we sh- more than we hope, though. But yeah, yeah. multiple types of uh, beat 'em ups, and one of them is like the more fast-paced shooting game, and the other is like a slower pace, like a final fight. And yeah. that's kind of what I think this is. Oh, Fedora, Fedora guy! Oh, I'm down. I'm gonna try to get myself some space here. I gotta knock him down. There you yeah. go. Now I'm gonna help you. Yo, Fedora boy's tough, man. He does remind me of me. He's a big boy. Oh. <laughs> you keep throwing. Baseball bats at me. And yeah, I don't. I don't we've I talked. Don't love when you do that. If I'm honest, we've talked about how we do not like uh, damaging your teammate. Co- co-op games that allow you to damage your teammate. Those aren't fun. Oh man, you have so much money. <laughs> the soundtrack is so good. It is so good. It, I can't get over how good this is. I also like the fact that like it's okay because it's in like all these all these bits, but we're just dummying people with baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not great. <laughs> Ooh, there's a little like cash box. No, just look, like it's Mario. like an old Mario. Yeah. This is like the old Mario. Um, uh, what are those levels? The like the desert levels. Yeah, there's like little cash cash boxes, and you hit them enough times, and then they. Uh, this is really cool. This is this is I, really man, cool. I, like, just you can tell this was made by people who love video games, and I think that's that's very important. I think that that definitely comes through in what they're trying to, to accomplish here. Oh, here oh, here's go. what's his name, Patel. Matthew, Matthew Patel, Patel, Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. Powers are mystical. Matthew Patel is scared of us. He is hiding behind a succubi. <laughs> Classic coward. Classic hiding behind coward. succubi. That's such a Matthew Patel, man. You know, like if I know anything about Matthew Patel, classic succubi. Classic. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now the succubi are throwing fire at us. Okay, okay. so Matthew Patel is glowing. I think that means he's almost dead, but he's also really kicking my ass now. He stepped it up a notch. I got there him. you go. You KO'd, KO'd I him. him. Whoa, what a screen. That was so good. He's exploding. That always happens when I, I beat up an evil ex-boyfriend. Yeah. They, they always explode. explode. Oh, my God. And welcome back to the Retrograde. Hello. Welcome to Toronto. Oh, seriously. If we haven't hammered on that enough, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, this game is based on Toronto. We're proud of it. Uh, we just played Scott Pilgrim versus the world, colon... The, the game. game. And yeah. all colons are games to me. 100%. At a certain point. Do you think the game got a little bit of residuals because of this? What do you mean? Well, because the oh, game. Oh, the game is in like, like Triple H, the game. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking the rapper of the game, but yeah, oh. the game, uh, the game obviously Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a conglomerate where they've patented the name the game. Mm. And uh and they it originally was the name game. And from <laughs> then on, everyone who includes the game in their name. We're playing the name game. All right. Uh yeah, so we play Scott Pilgrim. Mikey. Yeah. Do you have thoughts? I have some I have some thoughts. Oh. And my thoughts are uh it's basically exactly as I remember it. Mm. And I mean that in a good way. It was a fun look back at what I remember being great about old beat-em-ups. Yeah. Uh it was a little bit and we we find this a lot, I think, in games we go back to. It was a little bit slower than I remember beat-em-ups yeah. being. Yeah. And granted, there is like the dash function, like if you do the 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 right, right, or left, left really quick, but it didn't it didn't play as I think honestly what I go back to is like I remember Contra being mm-hmm. a very fast-paced game and 
every time I go back and play a, a, a beat em up or a shooter like this, if it's not that fast and that agile, right. it just feels a little bit slow. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily a detriment, but it, it, it just changed what my expectations were. Mm. Now I think that's totally fair. I, you know, I, you know, my, my issue with this is that to be honest, in a lot of ways I was playing it and I was like, this is just about as good as a video game can get. Like, oh, you know, wow. nice. you know, there was half a second where I was like, what more could I be asking from this game? Sure. You know, the, the, the limits are simple. The, you know, what it's asking of you is very, very clear. You're like, Oh, you got to beat up these people. You got to yeah. move left to right. Okay, cool. Um, I really liked a large part of it. And then I go, well, why am I not fully enjoying this game? And I was like, do I just not enjoy side-scrolling beat-em-ups anymore? Like, I just kind of, I, I, you know, I don't think it's this game. I was just kind of like, it's just so repetitive yeah. with this thing. And it's trying to do new stuff. Cars are entering the screen. You can hop up and do uh, different levels. Sure. You know, there's all these elements that are like, oh, that's fun. That's new. But yet I was kind of like, huh. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very blatantly trying not to do too many things that are going to change the genre. I right. think it's it's trying right. to play within the limits of what you would have had on the Super Nintendo or or, or something of that era, mm. like in the arcades. I think the problem is, is that that isn't enough anymore because mm. to me, video games now involve some sort of progression. Uh, whether or not I'm dying, I want the pace to feel like it's it matches with what the enemies can do. Like... If an enemy can move a lot faster than I can, I always find that to be an issue. And I yeah. found that in this, like, you got people going from left and right all over the screen way faster than I can. And it feels like the only way I can keep up with that is just by predicting where they're going to go right. and then reacting. I, I, I think Castle Crashers is a much better game than this. Hmm. Because really? yeah, because the I think it goes faster. I think there's more to do in terms of unlockable moves, uh, growth of your character. Like we leveled up a few times while playing this, but it didn't feel like enough to be, especially in the early goings, to be varying the gameplay the way that I would have expected. Mm. Where I feel like in Castle Crashes, you're constantly upgrading and right. choosing what's going to make you more powerful. And they incorporated failure in an interesting way in, in Castle Crashers where it's like, when you die, okay, now here's a chance to upgrade your character. Now right. go back and try the same level. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, it just felt like you died, you're dead. That sucks, but like keep going on. And then you mm. level up once every half an hour or so. Right. Yeah, okay, that, that's interesting. You know, yeah, okay, that's interesting. For some reason, I didn't like Castle Crashers as much, and even though I'm now... That, that's one thing that I, I really have I know, trouble placing, because we talk about that all the time. You didn't love it when we played it, and I feel like you do have a big appreciation for, for side-scrollers and yeah. beat-em-ups, yeah. and that one didn't land. I really thought that one was going to land for you, and if, if, if you're new listening to this podcast, go back and listen to it, because that is one of my favorite beat-em-up games, side-scrolling games. Right. We haven't done Contra 3, The Alien Wars, and I think that may may take mm. the cake for me, but it seemed like if I were to recommend one to you based on the things that you like, yeah. Castle Crashers would have been it. I actually, now looking back on it, I go, why didn't I like it more? Because yeah. I was starting to think about parts of the game, I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool. That was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we do this, and it's just like, you know, it's kind of like how people like, um, so I don't like mac and cheese like everyone else likes mac and cheese. Same with me, Andrew. And, I'm with you on that one. Okay. And, well, and welcome to mac and cheese cast, Andrew. <laughs> now you take the cake. I mean, reigns. Oh. Uh, take the horn? Yeah. Take uh, yeah. <laughs> is uh, is it, it's it's delicious and you have one bite and you're like, 
oh, wow, yeah. that's delicious. But then you have two, three, four bites, and you're like, what's well, the same thing? What's yeah. the same thing? It's what's not supposed to be thing? a meal. Yeah. There's no texture. There's yes. no nothing. There's no taste change. And it's the same thing as Scott Pilgrim, where you play this for 10 seconds or any side scroller. You're like, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Okay, it's the same thing. Oh, it's the same thing. Oh, it's the same well, thing. Well, see, that was, I think that was one of the problems with the way you were playing the game is you kept licking it, thinking it was going <laughs> to taste different. And I'm like, Andrew, that's not going to help you. I, I'm this. controlling the control with my tongue. It's yeah. just like inside my mouth. I'm Which like, was incredibly oh. impressive and obnoxiously erotic. Do you know anyone that could do, okay, cherry stem, tie in their mouth? I can. You could tie cherry stem in your mouth? I, hand to God, I can. Yes. Can you do a Starburst wrapper? Yes. Really? Yeah. It's easier than you think it is. Oh, wow. And I've barely sucked dick in my life. <laughs> but like, I'm really good at that stuff. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, that just changed everything I thought. Is it supposed to be I impressive? Thought. Like, to me, it, it's way, e like, have you ever tried it? No. It's, try it. Right now. It's, it's, well, if we get a couple Star Wars, I'll put it on our retrograde account. Like, I'll try. <laughs> no, no, we, we don't need to lose any more followers. I'm just like, and I'm just vomiting. Like, just in a video. <laughs> I'm but sorry. It's all, it's all bright orange colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many Star Wars have you eaten with the wrappers on? <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about eating star starburst with the wrappers on mm -hmm. you don't have to wipe your ass when it comes out oh my god <laughs> clean in clean out no <laughs> no nutritional value to it at all yeah um yeah you know but you know what i mean it's just if you get the same thing over and over yes. again it's no different than the good places idea of heaven if sure. you get the no, same thing sure. that's good over and over again it becomes less good after a while yeah and i just i need that texture i need that change and so I don't really blame Scott Pilgrim because it's a good game, but I just need change. Change is the key word there because I was going to say that I think the levels are a little bit too long. And I understand that they're limited in how many levels there are, but after so much of playing through the same, like the first level when you're making your way to battle the bands, that's a long level. It is. And, and, and I was so excited when we got to the next level, which was Casa Loma. I was like, here's a new, maybe that's just me wanting more out of someone like being, being from Toronto. Yeah. But I, I think that, that I'd rather, uh, uh, go back and play a game where the levels are like half as long, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. But that's how I feel about side scrolling beat em ups. Like, am I wrong? Like, just you thinking know, levels in general are yeah, too long. I don't, well, maybe not even in general, but just like, I need, I need that mix it up. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. To, to constantly find that you're in a new situation. Yeah. That, I, you know what? That, that's a great point. And I don't know how they necessarily fix that uh, apart from varying the minute to minute gameplay within each level. Like, right. I know with Alien Hominid, for example, when we played that a couple weeks ago, um, we went to the highway level and that mm. was cool. It was like something Very completely cool. different. Yeah. I do, like, and this is the thing I'll go back to. Like, I feel like. Castle Crashers did that mm. where it, you're always facing a new boss or a new situation or you're getting a new ability or a new move like that to me is a very well-built game like from the ground up mm -hmm. it's meant to make you feel like you're constantly progressing and constantly doing something different this isn't necessarily that yeah but I think one thing we can't lose sight of is the fact that it was released as uh as in uh, like a downloadable game on right. Xbox Live Arcade and, and PlayStation Network so I don't think especially Especially at the time that it came out, 2010, mm. it was supposed to be a game-changing beat-em-up, right? right? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think I think the people who gave it a really good rating were rating it as though uh, it were just a game they downloaded online for 10, 20 bucks, mm -hmm. as opposed to something that was supposed to bring the genre forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I, I think that's totally fair. I think it's more that 
you know, people represented this idea or recognized this idea that it was a authentic, true representation of the comic brought to life. Sure. And much more than some other video games or like movie video games, excuse me, that we've played in the past or will play in the future. This one's like authentic to the actual source material with um, some avenues towards the movie. And that was pretty cool. Well, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Take the Scott Pilgrim universe out Mm. of the equation. Is this game still as enjoyable as you thought it was? Or is it? Because I know a lot of my enjoyment comes from the fact that it's based in Toronto. Yeah, what that's like saying like this is Simpsons video game is good or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game is good. You know what? The first time we ever had this conversation was Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. Because the gameplay itself isn't great. But heads up, part and parcel with the game itself is the skin you're playing. And and I think that that I I think they're inseparable. Oh, no, I do. I do. I I agree with you. And I think that's a that's a good example and very timely because it's back in the news. Yes. Um, But is it is it as good? I don't know. I think Scott Pilgrim has a better chance of saying it's good because it's an actual good game more than TMNT or Simpsons. Oh, in terms of the gameplay? Yeah. Yes, I agree with you 100% yeah. there. So yeah. I would yeah. I would agree with you on that. So yeah, I, yeah I, I do think ultimately it is a good game. It's it's aided by the fact that it's a property in which I like. Yeah, I think I think that this is the best version or, or like the most like down the middle version of good gameplay mm-hmm. and paying homage to a good property. Yeah. Uh, I think it walks that line very, very well. It doesn't take any risks. Uh, no, but I don't think all games need to. I think I think sometimes they know what they're trying to be, and that's just fun. And I think this game is fun. Uh, so I think maybe uh, with that, is there uh, anything else you want to say before we go into no, our reviews of the game? Let's get into the reviews. Let's, Perfect. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's get in the reviews. Okay, you so, go first. Oh, okay, fine. Just go stop now. Yelling go. At me. God, Andrew. So with a three unless you a, want me to go first, like I can do it. Okay, go. Oh, fuck. Okay, with a three and a three in our retrogrades, that got a six out of eight. Here we go with our current grades. Current grades. Dude. Current, current scores, grades? Does it matter? Does that does that matter? To me? Yeah. No. Okay. To our listeners? Probably. Oh, boy. And they'll let me know. <laughs> they will. They always retrograde do. retrograde Andy. Um, okay, so... I really like this game. Okay. I really like this game. It's a very pleasing style. The animation style is very just enjoyable in a yeah. large way. I cannot say enough about the music. It just rocks ass. Shout it's out to so Anamonaguchi. Fucking good. Yeah. It's just good. And then, and you know, there's a certain amount of like uh, emotional nostalgia, nostalgia appeal to it that I feel, you know, about either it being in the streets I grew up in or it being a movie and video and, and comic book that I really enjoyed. Right. So, I really like that. I think that I think the the gameplay is totally fine. I think the mechanics totally work. Um, it diversifies enough. I wish it diversified more. Sure. Uh, to make it like really a full game that I would want to like desperately like devour. Yep. But instead, this is like a level or two. I'm like, this is great. This is yeah. fun. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I I am breaking my word. I'm gonna give this a three out of three out of four again because I just can't find myself getting lower than that. But I ultimately also can't very much find myself getting higher than that because I just not something I would want to go back and play. But when I p- played it, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. See. Okay. So I I was with you until that last thing you said of this isn't something that you'd want to go back and play because yeah. this is something that I could absolutely go back and play oh, really? and I will go back and play. Mm. Now the problem is is that. I don't think that three is a, maybe not the problem, but 
I don't think that three is a bad score by any stretch. No. I think three is very good. Now, when you compare this to what I would have given other side-scroller games that I really liked, mm-hmm. it's not as high. Ah. But I don't need the game to be the best of a genre for right, me to want right, to play right, it. Yeah. And this, as as like you said, I, I'll, I'll say this now, I'm, I'm giving it a three as well. Okay. And I'm doing that because it's, it's to me... Something that's totally worth playing, even though it's not the best thing that I could play right now. Right. I'd always rather play Castle, Castle Crashers if I'm like going to sit down and invest in something. But as something that I just haven't played in a long time, I knew I had a feeling that I wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. And then going back and playing it, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted it to feel like. So before we started playing this, I said, I think it's going to be kind of exactly what I'm expecting. And it was. It was fun. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I'll probably never lose sleep over how much I enjoyed the beat-em-up gameplay of it. You're right, but right. I loved exploring the new environments. There you go. And while I'm not like explicitly thinking, I'm having so much fun doing this, you and I were talking having good conversation while we were playing yeah. it doesn't it doesn't require yeah. a lot of your mental cpu it really doesn't and i could sit down for an entire night play through the whole thing point out some cool vistas that it's bringing us through uh in, in toronto and just have a great time at that yeah and because of that three out of five or three out of four great score I wait think. wait you're giving it out of five Are, is it been out of four this whole time <laughs> So for two, three years, <laughs> two, three out of four is that's another six out of eight. And that's a 12 out of 16, 12 out of 16. Uh, I think actually, so oh. is this, when was the last time that we gave it the same score for uh, you and me, both retro and current question. score? That's like, a really we've good We've had the hermetically sealed vault of expectations, mm-hmm. which is our review when the score is the same score before and, and in the future. Right. But sometimes that's you giving it a three and me giving it a two and then me then giving switch. it a three and you yeah. giving it a two. But for, for us both to have the same score oh before God. and after, that's, that's the pinnacle of the hermetically sealed vault <laughs> of expectations. Does it get better than that? It doesn't get better than that, and unfortunately, when it comes to uh, to awards, that's all that it gets. We've ah. got a ton of awards that we can give, yeah. but it's getting it's coming home with the uh, the lauded hermetically sealed vault vault of expectations. <sighs> so lauded because it's the same score in the past as it was in the future, and I think still I said this the last time we went through this uh, a game that got the score. That's a great award to get mm-hmm. because if a game doesn't age poorly, mm-hmm. it means that it was ahead of its time, right. and I think I think. It's, it's that weird saying of like, if you're not sprinting, you're standing still. Mm. Like if you're not so far ahead of your time that you're as good to play 10 years from now as you were to play the day you came out, then you're almost just taking advantage of the tropes or shortcuts right, that other okay. games were at the time. Like if you are as fun to play today as you were 10 years ago, I think that means that you were a better game than you were initially reviewed. Interesting. As. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So I, you know, I don't know. I think... I think unlike some other games which we've done in the past where you go, oh, that was our previous score and this is our current score and we got to it in two different ways. Yes. I actually don't feel that way about this one. I feel it was like we thought about it a certain way yep. and then we played it and we go, okay, that's yeah, exactly what I we remember. confirmed it. Like, right. yeah, that's how I feel about this game. I think it's a totally classic, solid game that you could pick up and play and feel really good about. Yeah. I don't like know. I, I, I think at the end of all that, all the at the end of all the gameplay, I still have a feeling like I want to go back and play it. Okay. There are probably other games I'd play before it, yeah. but I have a great memory of it from 2010 and a great memory of it from what we just played, and I think that says a lot about it. Oh, well, there you go. So Scott Pilgrim versus the World: Colon 
the game. The game. <laughs> Gets a total retrograde recommend for Absolutely. us. It's totally fun. It's yeah. totally fun, and it's kind of based on where we live. So yeah. that's kind of cool, too. So we hope you get to go play that and play it. Maybe uh, maybe talk about ANC Games a little bit, but, you mm. know, just, uh, I'm just saying. I wonder a- if you can visit ANC Games in the Scott Pilgrim game. Honestly? That would be great. Maybe. You should Getting be Getting pretty close to, to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love every single one of you. Please go visit us over at the Metro, uh, the Mushroom Club, excuse me, and play Scott Pilgrim. Play what it. a fun game. It's it's available. It's 20 bucks right now. The re-release is. Unfortunately, that's the only way you can get it. It's yeah. a little bit expensive for what it is, but I think ultimately it's worth it. Absolutely. And we can't wait to talk to you soon. My name is Andrew Bascom. And I'm Mikey Aaronworth. This is the Retrograde Podcast. Game over. Thank you so much for listening to the Retrograde Podcast. We look forward to recording this podcast all week long, and we hope you guys look forward to listening to it. You know how we got into retro video game podcasting for the money and the babes? We're really in it for the ratings and reviews. Money is ratings. Reviews are babes. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you enjoy podcasts. For any business inquiries, you can always email the Retrograde Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Retrograde Pod. And you can find Andrew on Twitter at Retrograde Andy. And then Mikey at Retrograde Mikey. Instagram at The Retrograde Podcast. And remember, Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the retrograde podcast for all of your non-essential but very much enjoyable content. Between Twitter, Instagram, and everything in between, we've grown a great community. Thank you so much for being a part of it. It's like a weird hippie commune where we all have jobs and we might have sex with each other. And sometimes we kill Sharon Tate. <laughs> Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. In my butt!